You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. No matter how good of a Christian I am in terms of being like Christ, no matter how good of a Christian you are in terms of being like Christ, just living the Christian life before somebody will not save them and will not change them. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1. Now, brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel that I preached to you, which you received and on which you've taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved. While Jesus was alive on earth, his brothers didn't believe in his divinity and mocked him for claiming to be the Messiah. Eventually, they came to believe in him and dedicated their lives to traveling and proclaiming the gospel. And today, Pastor Danny will explain how despite living with and witnessing the perfection of Jesus daily, it didn't save them or change them. Like Jesus, you'll not save anyone or change them by living a godly life. It's only through receiving and believing the message of the gospel that someone is saved. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Jude with today's edition of The Living Word. Jude, little epistle right after 3 John. A couple of things I need to say before we read the text. Uh, More than a couple, actually. Uh, 2 Peter, if you've ever read 2 Peter and read Jude, they are very similar, uh, and yet they are both unique. Penned, of course, moved by the Holy Spirit, Peter to write 2 Peter, Jude to write Jude. And while they're very similar, they are still unique. We don't know which was written first. If I was a betting man, I would say Second Peter. That's because of what verses 17 to 19 or 17 and 18 in Jude say. Dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you, in the last times there will be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires. That's exactly what Peter warns in Second Peter chapter 3. Peter, the apostle. So if I'm a betting man... I believe Second Peter is written first, and Jude borrowed from what Peter was inspired to write, but it really doesn't matter which was written first. The message is still the same. One of the most fascinating things about this little epistle of Jude is the person that God chose to pen it, to write it. Jude is one of the Lord's brothers. If we want to be technical, uh, he's one of Jesus's half-brothers. Are you with me? Because Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and technically, Joseph is not his father, biologically. Mark chapter 6, verse 3, uh, and Matthew thirteen fifty five tell us Jesus' brothers' names. James, Joseph, Judas, or Jude, and Simon. Galatians chapter 1, verses 18 and 19, and just listen to this carefully. Uh, Paul says, when I went to Jerusalem, I got acquainted with Peter. I didn't see the other apostles, only James, the Lord's brother. The book of Acts tells us that James became a leader in the early church there in Jerusalem. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 7 says that after the resurrection, Jesus on one occasion appeared to James, his brother. Let me really blow your mind. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 5, Paul says, don't we have the right to take a believing wife along with us? He's talking about take a believing wife 
in ministry, when they travel and do ministry and be supported, that the wife would be supported too in the travel to do ministry. Don't we have the right to take a believing wife along with us? As do the other apostles and the Lord's brothers and Cephas. Listen, John chapter 7 verse 3 tells us that Jesus' brothers sarcastically and and really mockingly said to him, oh, you want to be a figure, you want to be a figure, you know, then show yourself to the world. You want to be famous, show yourself to the world. And then it says, because his own brothers did not believe in him. Well, that all changed. They not only came to believe that Jesus, their brother, is the Christ, and think about that, that's better than your brother being Superman. They not only came to believe that their brother is the Christ, he's the Messiah. They became ministers of the gospel, even traveling, according to 1 Corinthians 9, 5, to share the message of the gospel. How did such a dramatic change come about? Well, let me tell you what it wasn't that brought it about. It was not the perfection of Jesus Christ living in their house. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 says that Jesus is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. Listen to me carefully. No matter how good of a Christian I am in terms of being like Christ, no matter how good of a Christian you are in terms of being like Christ, Just living the Christian life before somebody will not save them and will not change them. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1. Now, brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel that I preached to you, which you received and on which you've taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved. Verse 3. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. Importance that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures. That's the only message that'll save somebody. That's the only message that'll change somebody's life. We are going to study Jude. I promise. Romans chapter one, verse 16. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 13. Because of the service by which you've proven yourselves, men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ. One of the first verses I memorized, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, as a young believer, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. New creation. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. If you're turning and you can't find it, just stop and listen. Verse 5. Because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord. They were changed through the gospel. One more, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8, we know the law is good if one uses it properly. We also know that the law is made not for the righteous, but for lawbreakers and rebels, etc., etc. You could summarize it, sinners 
And then he ends this way, the end of verse 10. And for whatever else is contrary to the sound doctrine that conforms to the glorious gospel of the blessed God. Here's the deal. If I've really believed the gospel, if I've really received Christ as my Savior, that gospel changed my life, and it continues to change my life. Here's what Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 1. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. The gospel saves people, but the gospel changes people. Changed my life, continues to change my life. Jude, verse 1. Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James, because James became well-known as a leader in the church. To those who have been called, who are loved by God the Father and kept by Jesus Christ, mercy, peace, and love be yours in abundance. Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt I had to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to the saints, the gospel, and doctrine connected with the gospel. The word for contend there is the word epigonezomai or something like that. We get our English word agonized from it. It's an athletic term. The idea is there's a, there's a contest going on, but it's no game. It's no game. It's a contest that has to do with good and evil, truth and error, life and death. It's no game. Jude wants to write about the salvation that we share. And then the Holy Spirit changed his mind. The Holy Spirit moved him differently. Because there was an urgent message that needed to be shared with the church because of things that were happening then and there with the church. What was it? Verse 4, for certain men whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. They are godless men who change the grace of our God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ, our only sovereign and Lord. If you know this in the context, uh, it doesn't mean they, they say we're not Christians. It, it means they're not submitted to Christ. It means they don't rightly represent his teachings. They don't rightly represent the gospel. The book of Jude reminds its readers of a common problem of the early church, false teachers. These are people who would come into the church and spread lies or try to add to the gospel message. They didn't follow the simple truth of giving your life to Jesus. They tried to make Christianity their own kind of religion. Does this sound familiar? Sadly, false teachers are still a problem in today's world. People pick and choose which parts of the Bible they like and disregard the rest, creating their own version of following God. Jude's encouragement rings true for all believers now. Fight for the truth. As you follow Jesus, don't be afraid to stand for what's right and turn away from what's wrong. Learn what the Bible says, all of the Bible, and don't let anyone try to steer you away from it. 
We hope today's message on the living word has been encouraging to you. We'd like to let you know that we're praying for you as you stand for truth. Is there a specific request we could be lifting up to the Lord? If so, please send us an email at info at ccfstpete.church. That's info at ccfstpete.church. If you'd like to listen to more teachings from Pastor Danny, you can do so at our website, ccfstpete.church. That's all we have time for today. Thanks for tuning in to The Living Word.